Well, welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Corey. And I'm Shanik. And we're glad that you joined us again today. If you haven't already, please leave a review and share this episode or share your favorite episodes with your friends via text or social media. We appreciate your love and support. Yeah, thank you for listening. So question of the week is, so last week, Indiana pulled off the upset beat Purdue in which is a big deal men's basketball in southern Indiana basketball yeah. is and God. so it was a big deal because they had won nine straight I think nine it was like straight? six years since our last victory I didn't realize that and so I like I'm celebrating but then you came and asked me a question so ask that question again and then we'll yes. go back and forth it's with a this. perfect question of the week would you rather be a bench player for IU and never win a championship or be a starter for Purdue, the team you love to hate, and you do win a national championship. So I contemplated this back and forth. Now, if it was like equal playing time, even if it's equal playing time and I start on both teams um, and Indiana doesn't win a, a national championship, but Purdue does, I'm I'm picking Indiana all day long. But a bench player who gets like maybe no or garbage minutes, but I but I, I don't know what but I could you do. Start and then win but a I national start. championship for Purdue, the team you love to hate. Am I also a star? Like, am I like one I of the leading know. scores for Purdue? You're a starter, man. I think I gotta pick the national championship. Unbelievable. If I'm a starter, I that, mean, <laughs> that might reveal that you are more optimistic than ever. I am such a hater and critic. I could never. I could yeah. never don the blue and gold. I, I hate Michigan so much. Right. Well, let's I, put this in hockey terms because basketball yeah, is one thing. I hate but, Michigan so much. I would rather go to Michigan State and never play than be a star on Michigan and win a national championship. That's just crazy. No. It's so not. what if Michigan was the only school back in the day that offered you a scholarship to play college go. hockey? Still wouldn't No go. one else did. Still wouldn't And go. you could go to Michigan. You would be a starter. You would be a star player, and you would have the possibility then to go professional Still after go. your University of Michigan career. Still wouldn't go. It's an that, easy that's, answer. That's crazy. I know it's a hypothetical question, and I hate hypothetical but questions. But you're answering this so easily. It is because I hate them so much. Man. And that's a hard issue. I got I to gotta get over that. I, re- I recognize that. I mean, we're talking about professional hockey one day. It's not guaranteed. Like less than ten percent of is college athletes. If you go to University of Michigan, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I know it's all hypothetical. That would, that but would be gosh. hard. I just yeah. I mean, I'm a I'm a Spartan through and through. Man, my dad is still the top five leading scorer in Michigan State hockey history. I that I couldn't I couldn't slap him in the face like that. Well, what if Michigan State didn't offer you a scholarship, but Michigan if I was did, that and good you of a went player, there? If I was that good of the player, I, I would go to Michigan State and walk on. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. All right, we got to move on. <laughs> what are we talking about? So we're finishing up just uh, this process of going through the book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, and we've talked about the problem of hurry first week. Second week, we have then went into the solution to hurry. And then lastly, last week, we looked at the first – uh, half of part three, which uh, we just talked about silence, solitude, and the Sabbath. And today what we'd like to do is just finish out really our process through the book and really focusing on the last two chapters of part three, and they are simplicity and slowing. Slowing. And, yeah, and so like we've been saying every single week, this topic of removing hurry from our life is so important because when we do remove hurry from our life, from our schedules, 
when we slow down long enough to really align with our values, I think we gain peace. Yeah. And really that's that was our hope through this month as we tackled this book and this subject is we hoped it would give you, our listeners, some peace in your life as you implement some of the things that we've been talking about and learning about. Yeah. And so this first part is simplicity. And it's really tackling this idea around the American consumerism, materialistic. Uh, it's what, what's it called? Uh, it's not downsizing, but it's um, yeah, minimalistic. Minimalistic. Down, I mean, that w- that yeah, minimalism is like a big movement on social media, and it's like, how can we move from a four bedroom house into a van and go across country? Right. Yeah, if that's your, if that's your thing <laughs> with four kids and two dogs and <laughs> not realistic if oh that's your gosh. thing do you yeah but I think there is a good challenge that all of us including you and I and including our listeners there's something that we can become minimalistic about and right. so there's a lot of good challenges we're going to yeah, go through very good challenges part. and he actually gives if you're going through the book with us he gives some great statistics and really he talked a lot about in this section consumerism and how shopping is actually the number one leisure activity in America. That's crazy. Shopping. And he actually, it's funny, he quotes this French uh, sociologist, I I can't remember his name, but this guy said, atheism hasn't replaced cultural Christianity, right? That's what everyone thinks is like the biggest threat to Christianity is is atheism and and all of that. Or other religions. Or other whatever. But he says, atheism hasn't replaced cultural Christianity. Shopping has. Crazy. And, And it's so crazy. And then he goes into the fact that if we realize a hundred years ago, like us as a nation and a country, America, 90% of us a hundred years ago, we were farmers, <laughs> farmers, which today only 2% that is of wild. Americans are farmers. Today. I mean, how much, how much has changed within a hundred years, let alone the last 10, 15 years with technology. Yeah. Can you imagine where the next 10 or 15 years are going to be with even this talk about the metaverse and how different yeah. our kids' lives will be. Yeah, it is, it is insane. So I did, speaking of consumerism, so we always get a big family gift that we have a Christmas Eve box, we have pajamas, uh, a lot of times a Christmas movie, and then a family game. Well, I went all out. Usually it's, you know, board game, Monopoly, Sequence, you know, Trouble, stuff like that. We can just do real quick and, and have fun as a family. But I bought the VR headset, the Quest, Ooh, or Quest, Quest 2. Quest 2, yeah. Yeah, and it was like 300 bucks, but I've been wanting this VR headset. And now that I've been using it, like I think I use it more, more than, than the, kids the kids use it. And there's a couple <laughs> games great. on there. I've been able to take some tours that of zombie games like, different awesome. places. I don't have the zombie game yet. You got to get it. Because uh, then we can play in our houses together. But it's so weird <laughs> now. Like I can see how this metaverse is like really going to be something in the wave of the future and where we're going. And I know um, Craig Rochelle, pastor of Life Church, actually started releasing his services in the metaverse. And mm-hmm. so people have the VR headsets, the Quest or whatever, and it's like they're in the church service or a room or they can set it up as a theater or whatever, and they're watching the church yeah. service on Crazy. their headset. It is absolutely insane. Sorry. Maybe we'll come back and we'll we'll do a whole episode on the metaverse there's a lot one that, day. There's a lot to talk about the metaverse. There's a lot I don't understand. Yeah. There's a lot I don't like, but yeah. it's... It's and there's coming. a lot of good with it, but man, there I can see how there's going to be yeah. also like well, with, everything, with everything a lot of a lot of bad. You can redeem that, everything. Yeah, yeah. But, he uh, continues on page 182 of the book. He says one Wall Street banker said we must shift America from a needs to a culture or to a desires culture. We must shift America from a needs to a desires culture. People must be trained to desire, 
to want new things, even before the old have been entirely consumed. We must shape a new mentality. Man's desires must overshadow his needs. And this idea is called the new economic gospel of consumption. I think it was said, I, this, this guy, I think it was the late 1990s or early 2000s. And what is crazy is how what they talked about 20, 30 years ago is now our reality. Like we are, if you look at how propaganda has been sold in in terms of how things are advertised, they speak to your desires, not to your needs. And oh, that, that should 100%. be a, a wake-up call for us is, hey, is this actually, I mean, look at the whole iPhones. They, they come out with a new one every, what, two years? And it's like, you have to get it. And the last like two or three iPhones haven't, there haven't been much difference, yeah. maybe just a camera upgrade. But right. to you and I, who aren't photographers, that means nothing. Right. Or like the videography stuff you can do, yeah. but which we will never do with it. Yeah. But I, I get that. And it's challenging. Yeah. It's super challenging. And I know he talked about, you know, with that, how there's these studies that show that nations, as their wealth increases, happiness actually decreases which you think would be the opposite. Like right. wealth affords you margin, free time, leisure time. But as the wealth increases in a nation, the happiness decreases. And so really the question then he asked, and I would like to ask you, our listener, is what is something in your life that you thought would make you happy, but ended up not increasing your happiness, but maybe it was decreased over time or maybe it was anticlimactic yeah or we didn't yeah. meet expectation or you For, thought it was going to bring happiness and wow i have this thing but now it changed nothing in my life so i've had the luxury of thinking about this a lot longer than our listeners and honestly for me it's shoes even though i love shoes and i still get ecstatic about it because i'm more of a collector than i am aware they just collect for me it's it's nice to know that i have it but there's always that sense of i gotta have another one and it's for what i don't wear them which yeah. is so crazy. See, see, shoes for me, like they actually, I think, do make me happy because I have different shoes for like every outfit in yeah. my closet. But they make me happy. My wardrobe. But, I'm but like, I don't ah. get them to collect them. Like I get them so that I wear them. I mean, I wear them too, but like only during preaching. <laughs> it's a weird facade. Yeah, preachers and sneakers. Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> I will. I mean, speaking of like the wardrobe, I think it is clothes for me because I feel like. Um, man, if I had some different outfits or if I looked more stylish, man, maybe that would make me, you know, feel happy, but really I have them. And I'm like, I, I honestly, and you probably know this cause you see me in the office every day. Um, I wear like the same, like five or six outfits. Yeah, me too. And I just cycle through them. And if I have something that gets worn out, say a, whatever, a black long t-shirt, I go buy a new black long t-shirt. So it might be new things, <laughs> it but it's just the same it thing. <laughs> but uh, anyway. It's funny. We'll see how long that Quest 2 lasts in your house. I know Josh, our neighbor, has has one. That's how I played the zombie game. And we played it for like three straight weeks. We would go outside in the yard and do it. And our wives would be like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> Two separate heads. <laughs> he said he hasn't touched it in over a year. Really? Which is crazy. Yeah. On 187, he continues that thought. And he says, the problem isn't stuff. It's that one... We put no limit on stuff due to our, I can't even say that word, insatiable, is that the insatiable. right word? Insatiable human desire for more. And two, we think we need all sorts of things to be happy when in actuality, we need very few. And he talks about, you know, there's only three things that humanity needs, yeah. food, shelter, clothes. Right. And so it's like so much more that we, you know, it, it is, it's this desire for more and more and more and never really being satisfied. And 
if we're not careful, it creeps into areas in our life that actually matter. Yeah. And so he actually transitions here after kind of talking about wealth and materialistic things and consumerism and how we need to really um, evaluate this because it's another way that we can eliminate hurry from our life. And basically he says, we just need to be simple or have simplicity because it will make our lives less complicated. And so if their goal is to eliminate hurry from our life, he actually says this, and this is on page 190 if you're following along, uh, the drive to possess is an engine for hurry. Mm -hmm. And so I love that. And we see this idea play out in honestly a lot of the teachings of Jesus as he connected money and stuff to worry. And really, and if you look in Matthew chapter six, we end up worrying, what we end up worrying about, we end up worshiping. And Mm. if it's money, or whatever it is, um, we really got to evaluate and watch ourselves in what we're, you know, spending money on and having this idea of just more and more and more in our life. Yeah. He asks a lot of thought provoking questions throughout this section of the book. And one that was extremely challenging for me was on page 200. He says, what if you had only what you needed and there wasn't anything to organize? Because, you know, the organization world, you have full on companies that will come in and organize your closets and organize your pantry and organize your kitchen, organize stuff. And and some things do need organizing. We're not saying that, but the goal isn't to declutter your closet or garage or house, but to declutter your life. And so like organizing, I I remember you like, you always challenged me on this. Like when living minimally, there is nothing to organize. You know what I mean? Right. And so it's like, it's not becoming a minimalist in everything, but it's what is one area of your life that you can live minimally. Yeah, just focus on one. And I know if you're following with us in the book, he actually gives 12 practical things that you need to go through. And these are found pages 204 to 212. And all of them are about thinking before you purchase Mm -hmm. or buy things. And I think it's just being mindful of that. And I'm not going to go through all 12, uh, but the 12th one does say, How about we lead a cheerful, happy revolt against the spirit of materialism? So it's not about more. Maybe your life will feel more full if you actually have less. Yeah. So crazy dynamic. Yeah. It's something to think about. Again, we're not telling you to change everything in your life and become a minimalist. But what is one area that you can figure it out? And the lastly, uh, last thing he talks about is slowing through this book. And I, I love this. He actually goes through the whole chapters. He goes through 20 ideas into the spiritual discipline of slowing. Uh, he, he goes through this on, I think it's on page 223. We're actually going to have some fun rapid fire with this. You Let's actually do don't have the book in front of you. I don't. And you haven't gone over these in two years. So this will be fun to see uh, how you answer yeah. these things. We're going to go through each one rapid fire and see if we're going to do it or dismiss it. Because in my opinion, some of these are like. Right. So stupid. go through it with Some of us these are stupid. and yeah. yeah, decide for yourself if these are things so that you would dismiss things, or maybe you need to implement them yeah. in your life. These are 20 ideas into spiritual discipline of slowing down. Number one, drive the speed limit. Are you doing it or dismissing it? Dismissing it. <laughs> well, I think so. One time I heard a cop say uh, nine, you're fine. Ten, ten you're mine. mine. Oh, so yeah. like I, it's I always that nine. Might be a myth. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a myth. Officer Kerber, can yeah. you <laughs> can you confirm <laughs> Officer Joel whether Sellers, that is true whatever. or not? But um, anyway, uh, I go five to nine miles an miles an hour over the speed limit. Yeah, I'm, I'm everywhere. Same I go. with you. Number two is get into the slow lane. 
I tried this. I can't do it. I actually get so ticked off when slow people are driving in the fast lane. Yeah. And it's like a courtesy. Like Same. you should be educated and know yeah. that but you here's should the be thing. in the right lane. I, I do drive in the slow lane until I have to pass. And then once I pass sure. the vehicle, guess what? I get back over. But in the even slow if lane, no you're one, going like 80. But even if no, but even if no one is behind me in the fast lane, I still get over. You're not supposed to drive in that lane. Yeah. It's like not only common courtesy, it's an actual law that people just do not follow. I'm so embarrassed if someone passes me on the right side. Oh, yeah. Same. I'm like, I'm so sorry, waving, like, sorry, forgive right. me. I'm moving yeah. over now. Yeah. You need to get over right now. <laughs> Number three, come to a full stop at stop signs. You live in the, it's knobs. In the knobs. No, <laughs> I don't. In Not in Floyd's knobs. If I'm in town or somewhere else, I will. But on these country roads, no one's around. And some of them are just jacked around here. I don't know why there are some stop yeah, they signs. They should have yields a lot in the knobs. Yeah. And so it's like a straight stretch. And then they want you to stop and then go when you can they visibly adding, see everything. They keep adding stop signs like around Veterans Parkway, too, yep. in Clarksville. It's like, why is there a stop sign here? Another one. Another yep. one. DJ. Yep. The new one they just added, you're probably thinking, on Potter's Lane. Potter's on the Lane. Backway. Potter's and Lane. And there's yep. that one right on. There's They put a caution light stop sign on both ways. I guess yeah. that little neighborhood there. Yeah. It's that, ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> That's so funny. What's funny All right, is- So we've kind of dismissed the first three. What else we got? Let's keep <laughs> well, going with well, this. I once convinced a uh, high school student, I'm not going to say your name, uh, that the white trim, if the stop signs had white trim around the edges, they were just uh, yields. Like you could just <laughs> blow right through them. <laughs> oh, that is Number four, don't text that. and drive. Oh, man. This is now Th- a legal law. It's a legal law in Indiana. Yeah, we should. And I do have like the You're talk the worst. to text. You are the worst. I'm trying not to grab my phone. I, I still do. Guilty. When I drive with you, I'm like, can you put your phone down? Which is ironic because I'm guilty. I just uh, I just judge you hardcore and I'm just as guilty. My wife's like, can you put your phone down? You're endangering our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's bad. So my, so I haven't had this lately because I've been like trying to check myself with it, but my kids were calling me out. So then, you know, it's like, okay. And they're of the age that you're six, 16 year old. Yeah. He's getting ready to drive. So yeah. I'm like, dang it. I cannot yeah. set this example for him. Right. It's All a right. good challenge. Number five, show up 10 minutes early for an appointment. Yes. Everyone, this should be just like a number one priority in your life. This is already part of my life. Yeah. If you are on time, you're late. Facts. Preach, five baby. to 10 minutes early Preach. for everything you go to. I'm a very And specifically, guy. man, worship on Sunday morning. Don't walk in with your kids that you have to check in at 1032 or 1029 even. By the time you get in the service, we're already halfway through worship and you don't get that full time to really connect. I'm going to remove shame. From I'm our not trying to condemn and shame. Because but if you walk in late with your kids, I have much more grace for you in the season that I'm <laughs> no, living yeah. in. <laughs> okay, I do too. But you can try to leave a little bit early, but I get it. With kids, it's hard. If you're showing up single or without kids, you're grown and you're late. You there got go. you got some issues. All right. I'm a punctual person, so I, I get rattled when people aren't punctual. Ten minutes early is on time. Next. Number six, get in the longest checkout line at the grocery store. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. I tried this a couple times, and it was good. Like, he even says in the book that he doesn't do this all the time, but it's sometimes refreshing to just breathe. Yeah. But most of the time, I'm in a hurry. But why am I in a hurry? Yeah. To get out of the line? But this really isn't a thing right now yeah. because you go to Kroger on State Street and all the lines are long, so it ain't like you have a choice. Or most and people are doing the pickup. I, I like I was waiting all the way back by the uh, the what is it the deli the bakery, and it was for the for the self checkout, which was the only thing open. Kroger State Street. I never go to Kroger State oh, Street. I, I won't do it. it. I've done it like two or three it's times, and every time it's the same. I won't do it. It's the worst. Number seven: Turn your smartphone into a dumb phone. I actually love this. 
he talks about like removing notifications and apps and all the oh. things and and the latest update you know the focus, yeah, the focus thing has been the greatest thing for update. me but i think you should i actually have some friends who literally have flip phones and one of it i, I have a friend who has a flip phone because he recognized that pornography was an issue in his yeah. life yeah and so he's like real. you know what i'm married and i don't want this struggle and so i'm gonna get a flip phone i'm like dude he gets made fun of in our in our circle of friends but no one knows except for me why he actually has a flip phone. Right. And I'm like, dude, you are the man. Dude, it's smart. So smart. Like if it, it's a temptation. I love it. Oh, that's number eight. Get a flip phone or ditch the cell phone altogether. So yeah, combine those two. Number nine, parent your phone, put it to bed before you and make it sleep in. Yeah. Uh, definitely. I think this is something we need to do to slow down. Yeah. During the pandemic, I actually didn't touch my phone until 10 a.m. every morning. And then obviously as things started to pick back up, I've gotten bad at it. But I need to I need to put that back in my routine of life of not yeah. checking it first thing in the morning. Sometimes I it's do. tough, though, too, because we, we have a rule. We try to have our kids make sure they're sure. Well, Titus and Jude, they have the little iPods. They have to uh, put them on the kitchen counter before they go to bed. You know, they, mm-hmm. their bedtime's 9 o'clock or whatever. Um, but with the older boys, there has, they have to have their phones up by 1030 on the island counter. Now, the thing is, though, sometimes if I don't monitor it, we, Mel and I go to bed super early. And so yeah. sometimes we don't know if they do or not. Sometimes they don't. And it's just hard for me to really get on them because then I'm falling asleep and not following through, too. So, But I think that's something even for Good all of us, for room. Mel and I, too. Good to, to reevaluate do. it. Go reevaluate it. Yeah. Figure it out. Number 10, keep your phone off until after your morning quiet time, if you have your morning quiet quiet time or... Yeah, no, it's good. We shouldn't be reaching for our phone first yeah, thing. Yeah, that's more of like whatever. You, yeah, I, I don't want it. He says actually, do not let your phone set your emotional equilibrium, and your news feed set your view of the world. Yeah, that's a good thought. Number eleven is set times for email. I actually don't have notifications on my email, yeah, and I set I them. Don't throughout the have week. notifications on email either because it'd just be all the time, random times yeah. over stupid stuff too. So there's probably two or three times a day I yeah, actually I'm open up the email app or get on my desktop and I go specifically to email and power through it. I'm pretty good with that one too. Number 12, set a time and a time limit for social media. Gosh, I need, I need, I need to do this. <laughs> yeah. I got really bad. I actually deleted Facebook. I uh, got really the pandemic. Yeah. I, I got, actually deleted everything. I deleted Twitter. I don't have Instagram anymore. I don't have Snapchat anymore. Dude, I deleted everything but Facebook. Um, Cause yeah, I feel like I, one, I kind of have to have it in the position I am to get information and content and all of that out. And I really do. Um, but I definitely need to limit it. I know that, didn't you say like, um, some people don't have it on their phone. They just go to their desktop mm-hmm. or something like that and have yeah, a specific that's what time. I, do. I might need to do that. That's what it's I do. on my it's, phone. It's been really good. So I got rid of all those apps and then I downloaded TikTok. So now I don't do any of then the social worse media than apps. all of them. I know the worst. I, I'm spending, <laughs> well, instead of, you know, going on YouTube and collecting, you know, yeah. you're like four clicks away from like figuring out what giraffes sound like when they speak or whatever. Yeah. I watched that video. I'm like, what in the world? Where am I? But TikTok, 15 seconds. It's a waste of time. Number 13, kill your TV, Mm. which is such an ironic statement now because I used to not watch much TV. And literally two weeks ago, we put a TV in our bedroom for the first time in our seven years of marriage. Yeah. Yeah. We were very anti-TV in the bedroom, and then we put one in. How's it going? (laughs) Well, I put it in there because Julie was like, I don't want you to watch your shows at night by yourself in the living room. Like, snuggle me. And watch your shows. And last night, literally, she goes, turn off your TV. I can't sleep. And I'm like, uh, well, I thought you wanted to snuggle with me. So right. I haven't even like watched TV in my own bedroom. <laughs> yeah. There's actually a study about this that says, uh, you know, throwing out statistics. Who knows if it's accurate. But uh, 
people with TVs in their bedroom have 30% less sex. I believe it, Just but it hasn't, it. it hasn't affected us. Pregnancy has affected us. But gotcha. <laughs> All right, move on. <laughs> Number 14, single task instead of multitask. Mm. I love it. Yeah. I'm pretty good at that because I'm not a good multitasker. It's yeah, one thing and I one. check it off. <laughs> Number 15. <laughs> no, I'm actually good at that. Yeah, no. I'm, I said I'm with you. No, I'm. you're terrible at multitasking oh, when you try. Yeah. Number 15. This is this one's for you. You ready? Let's do it. Walk slower. <sighs> you are the fastest. You you should join that Olympic speed walking. <laughs> you are the fastest I, walker. I know you have a long stride. Dude, I am the fastest walker that I know. You want to know what's funny is in this book right here. It lit, I have written in pen right here. It says, remember when your wife fell at our Christmas party in 2019? Yeah, and trying to, to keep around. up to you, <laughs> <laughs> trying to keep up to you because you walk so fast. We were going into the exchange, and she I was, was wearing just those brand new boots. Now yep, that it and all, she slipped she in front slipped of in. everyone, but I didn't notice because I was powering, going on, moving up the steps, and you I looked behind notice. me. She wasn't there. She was on the ground. <laughs> oh, the fact that I wrote that—that that is funny. hilarious. Yeah, number sixteen is take a regular day alone for silence and solitude. Yeah, I mean, season of life kids yeah. there i just can't take a whole day but yeah i need to take, take portions moments. of a day i moments. think we do a good job of this yeah. yeah i don't take a full day i don't think that's plausible in this realistic in this season number 17 is take up journaling i actually just started this again like four months ago five months ago and it's been really helpful i used to yeah. st- I, I was a big journaler i for did like it two through years. my sabbatical every day but i really haven't done it since yeah two years i stopped and then started back up i love it you should journal number 18 experiment with mindfulness and meditation yeah. Yeah, I think we do uh, this yeah. already. Number 19, if you can, take long vacations. That's a good one. Yeah, so this year, actually, I encouraged the the staff, um, if you needed to be gone a week or whatever with life and school and kids, I get it. But if you can, schedule a 10-day vacation. Mm-hmm. It's great. I took my first two-week vacation, I think, three summers ago, and it was awesome. Yep. Number 20, and last but not least, cook your own food and eat in. Yeah, Mel and I cook a lot. Yeah. We cook all the time, but that's because of our yeah. dietary But it's good. But I think, I think the key there is too. It's like that's something you can do together. It's also if yep. you have kids, something you can incorporate. You know, doing something as a family. Yeah, and we're little tasks. We're actually very good. organized. And and people that say we don't have time, that's because you don't have a schedule. Monday nights and Thursday nights, I cook. Julia cooks Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, and then Saturday we typically cook together. And then Sunday it's leftovers. And that's or our, out to eat. Or, well, Sunday lunch, we always go out to eat. Yeah. We, do, we try not to go out to eat for dinner. So it's just, it's usually leftovers, whether it's a fruit smoothie or peanut butter and jelly. Like, get scheduled, and then it makes meal prepping and eating healthier and eating together more of a priority. Yeah, so some closing thoughts, just real quick. I know for me, one of the best things in this uh, second half of the book was in the epilogue when he quotes his friend John, who says this, and I love this. He says, at this point in my life, I'm just trying to not miss the goodness of each day and bring my best self to it. And if you can just do those two Mm. things, don't miss the goodness of each day and then bring your best self to the day. I mean, that's really eliminating hurry from your life. And that is, I think, the full life that Jesus wants us to live. Yeah, he says says again in that epilogue, he says, each moment is full of goodness. We are in such a hurry to rush on to the next one. And it's a great, or or he says, why are we in such a hurry to run on to the next one? It's a great question we should contemplate. You know, I had to make peace with who I am and not who I am not. I had to let go of the envy, the fantasy, the cancerous restlessness to accept gratefully that this is my life. There's a death in that, true. 
but in the cruciform kingdom, only the bad things die. Imagine the statuses and the bragging rights, all vanity. Our image and status and bragging rights, they're all vanity. More importantly, death is always followed by resurrection. And so we want to encourage you with that. And that's how we'll close this whole series. Yeah. And so just remember, as we've went through a lot over the last four weeks in this book, I think the key is not applying everything from yep. the book, yep. but it is about applying something from the book or from our conversation that will help you slow down. And finally, maybe you can start enjoying your life. Yeah. And as always, you're loved and there's nothing you can do about it. 